Welcome to the Easy Parenting Podcast. This episode of the Easy Parenting Podcast is supported by Relazima Spray and Go, Zinc and Panthenol, formulated for the delicate and sensitive skin of your baby's nappy area. Part of the Relife Relazima range. My skin says how I feel. Visit relife.ie for more. Ireland's number one parenting publication, Easy Parenting Magazine, has been offering Irish parents expert advice and assistance for over eight years. And now you can get more fantastic parenting advice and tips from our latest offering, the Easy Parenting Podcast, which will offer expectant mums and parents advice in every aspect of their parenting journey, from conception to pregnancy to toddlers, babies to teenagers, right through to empty nest syndrome. The Easy Parenting Podcast for expert parenting advice that you can trust. The first six weeks with a newborn are a steep learning curve for new parents. You'll progress through many changes, both emotionally and physically, while learning how to deal with all the adjustments required with becoming a new mum. New mums need to get plenty of rest, good nutrition and help during this time. If you don't prioritise your health during this period, It could impact your ability to care for your little one and also your ability to enjoy motherhood. If you've just had a baby, here's what you need to know to get you through those first few weeks. Mum of three, Kate Gunn, describes her own experience of those first few weeks at home with the newborn. I have three children and I suppose each experience um, was different. Obviously with the first, uh, you're so clueless. Um, I was overwhelmed, sleep deprived. Um, I wasn't ready for the waterfall of emotions that I felt. Um, and I also didn't know uh, what was normal and what wasn't normal uh, for a newborn. So, you know, I remember one evening after um, a couple of weeks and she just started crying uncontrollably. I was terrified. I thought something was really, really wrong because she hadn't done that up until then. Um, and that whole uh, fear and, as I say, not knowing what's normal. Um, and I was straight on to like the nurse line and asking them for advice. And I, I was almost going to the hospital and she was just crying, you know, and babies cry. But I didn't know what was normal and what wasn't in those first six weeks you're you're grappling with so much um and also the 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 physical side of things um and I also remember just being very uh lonely and I was away from family and friends and um it's just an incredibly uh, I found it an incredibly difficult time and then by the time the second one arrived two years later it was a whole different experience um a whole lot more positive I did have um that overwhelming uh, guilt um, that I was uh, neglecting my precious firstborn because I, there just wasn't enough of me to go around. It is, it's a different experience, but I think, you know, every uh, mother, a new mother or subsequent, uh, having subsequent children, um, it's, that, it's that overwhelming emotional um, load that, that you have that you really have to, to come to terms with, I think. So the other issue I suppose all new mums have is learning how to care for their newborn. You're not taught any of these things and you might think you know, but until you actually have a live baby in front of you, you really don't. Everything from changing nappies to giving them a bath. I remember being so scared giving uh, my daughter her first bath. Everything comes with a fear factor. Um, so my first child was it was a girl and, and the second a boy. Um, and even with that, you know, changing a boy's nappy is a 
completely different experience and you have to you know did the, the typical weeing in the air and, and into your face and everything and you have to relearn that as well um, so there's so much to learn and you're in such a fog of sleep deprivation um, that it's really hard I'm very fortunate to be here today with Linda Quigley, a paediatric nurse with 20 years of experience. Good morning, Linda. Morning, Emma. I thought we'd kick things off today with a chat about those first six weeks at home with a newborn. I know myself, it's a time, particularly with your first, when you're in a bit of a state of of panic, not knowing what to do, what's wrong, what's right. So I was thinking maybe we could chat about mums first like mum self-care and how important it is to look after yourself and get enough rest and um, all the rest so what would what would your advice be to particularly a first-time mum on those first like few weeks at home on how to make sure that you're prioritizing your own health as well as your babies and your families yeah so I suppose the first thing to bear in mind if anyone offers any type of help you say yes it doesn't matter what it is um, it can be really daunting arriving home with the baby in the car seat and thinking, oh God, what do I do next? So, and remember, you've, you may or may have not had um, a lovely birth or a birth with some medication that can actually kind of have you a bit drowsy after the birth. And we're going home so quickly now after hospital that it's a good idea to have a tonic at home. Um, we all try and eat proper fruit and veg, but a little tonic is always helpful. When you say tonic, what yeah. do you mean? Like, so I mean, there's plenty on the market. Yeah. Um, but the one that I took after mine, and I would totally recommend, is Floridex. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a whole um, vitamin. It's all natural if you look inside of, of mm-hmm. the box. Um, and it's a good booster. So it's yeah. great for convalescence. And yeah, so accept any type of help. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's somebody... Um, and bearing in mind, not everybody has a partner. Making life as easy as you can. So getting used to online shopping, believe it or not... Um, it totally changed my life, especially after my third. Um, and resting when your baby is sleeping. I know it's an old kind of saying, but if you can afford to do that, especially if it's your first, you you know, everything else can wait to sleep because no one um, prepares you for that sleep deprivation for the first, I always find the six to eight weeks. The first couple of weeks you're on an adrenaline rush and people are visiting and it's all very exciting and um, but by the sixth or seventh week, it can be totally exhausting yeah. for somebody. What would you say are the most important um, things to bear in mind for those first that first week at home? Like I'm talking maybe visitors coming to the house and maybe having, um, you know, dinners ready, that kind of thing. Yeah. And not to be afraid to say to somebody as they come in to visit your newborn, um, you know, would you mind awfully washing your hands? Like, I know I sound like an old record, um, but clean hands do save lives. So discreetly have your bottle of hand gel in the hall. And, you know, before they touch your baby, just say, look, would you mind awfully? I know you might think I'm being a bit fussy, but would you just give your hands a wash there um, at the kitchen sink? And always have your pump um, soap rather than bar, because that can harbour germs. So, um, and just give them a good clean before you let them touch your baby. The other thing is, um, and it's very hard for a new mum to say to somebody, please don't kiss my baby. But it's so important because if we are harbouring germs or we have a cold sore, that can be lethal to a newborn. So it's really important that um, 
they don't kiss your newborn. I know that sound might sound a bit fussy, but it's the truth, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they are so welcome to hold the baby and all of that. But just those two things for me would be key. Um, the visitors wash their hands and don't kiss the face of your newborn. And if you notice in any of the hospitals, it's always pump soap. You'll never see a bar of soap, obviously. <laughs> um, and the hand rub. Um, you know, if your hands were already clean, hand rub is actually okay then to use and always give it about 20 seconds to dry before going on to do whatever. Yeah. So, you know, we, we often may be in a rush to do something. So we're changing nappies um, and the baby's screaming and you're, you're thinking, oh my God, it's time for its feed. You know, the whole lot and you're trying to rush. But just even that pump of your hand gel, a good old um, interlink of a rub of it um, and give it 20 seconds before you pick up that baby again okay I also think it's really interesting what you say about look it's okay to sleep when the baby sleeps because I think even going on my own experience you do feel this pressure okay the baby's sleeping now and it's two o'clock in the afternoon of course I should be hoovering I should be yeah. cleaning the toilet or preparing the, the dinner yeah so yeah, it doesn't yeah and I'd say for a public health nurse visiting I'm not a public health nurse but for the first first thing I would probably look over is you know, it's normal to have a messy house after having a baby. You know, first of all, they come with so much equipment. And second of all, you're trying to get used to this new little person in your home. So it's totally normal. Um, um, and I have done it myself, especially at about the six week stage where the tiredness has kicked in and I found my phone in the fridge. I have found it beside, the, you know, nearly in the kettle, never mind beside it. Um, and that's totally normal to feel those feelings and to kind of, because newborns are such time wasters. You can sit and stare at them all day, but you don't get much back in the first six weeks because they don't interact. So after the six week mark, then they kind of start smiling at you and engaging with you Um and so then you start feeling a bit better about yourself, you know? Yeah. And the hormones start to settle. You might feel nervous about changing your newborn's nappy for the first time, but give it a few weeks and you'll be an absolute pro. In fact, you'll change over two and a half thousand nappies throughout the first year of your baby's life. One thing I found just so stressful in those first few weeks was the nappies. Yeah. And the poos. And the wheeze, because I had a chart and I was advised to like keep an eye, obviously, on how many poos were happening every day. The wheeze and, you know, constantly scrutinizing the contents of my child's nappy. In that first week, we expect uh, the meconium. Yeah. So that's basically the first poo that they produce Mm -hmm. um, after being born. And it can be greeny, blacky, and it can be quite frightening seeing it coming out of their little bums because to me it was like tar Mm -hmm. um, and quite hard to get off the bum. Um, And then after that, I mean, when think about it, they've been in a sack for nine months. Their little bodies have... They don't know what's hit them when they come out to the to the open air. So and they're getting used to feeds, whether it's breastfeeding or it's bottle feeding. So their poos are going to be different colours. But a good sign is that they are pooing mm-hmm. and they are weighing because mm-hmm. if they're not weighing and pooing, then you have something to worry about. OK. Um, so, you know, some babies might poo twice in a day. Some yeah. babies might poo eight times a day yeah. or some poo b- babies mightn't poo for one day. Yeah. And you'd be thinking, oh, my goodness, they haven't pooed. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, unless they haven't pooed for a couple of days, then yeah. you start getting worried. Um, And it's not a worry of, you know, if your baby is continuing to feed, it, uh, you know, it's a good sign that they're not overloaded with poo. 
if you're worried about them, that's when you can, there's always people to ask. So you ask your public health nurse when they call to see you or you go to the GP if you're severely worried. The key with the newborn bums is that you make sure there's a barrier on them because their skin is so fragile that you need to make sure that um, you put a double barrier. And that's the key when it comes to a newborn and a smally baby's bum, that they have a double barrier on it. What do I mean by that? I mean, like have a layer, a good old layer of Vaseline is sufficient if there's no sign of... Um, or a good nappy cream, a good Yeah, a good nappy cream. cream. Yeah. But if And then if you see signs of redness or anything like mm-hmm. that, you put your nappy cream on and then you put an extra layer of petroleum jelly or whatever it is over that. The reason for that is that when they have their nappy on, that when they wee, it takes longer for the wee to touch the skin. So, and that's what effectively irritates the skin so it can continue to make it red. I remember myself, there'd be just constant changes. Like you'd be up Mm. in the middle of the night, you do a feed and then, oh, there's a poo coming or, you know. So is it important to stay on top of that? Obviously with the poo, you must change immediately. But if it's, even if it's a wee, even if they feel heavy with the wee and the nappy, um, uh, well, if you want to try and get your baby into a sleeping routine fairly quick, if they've no poo at night, those nappies are so advanced these days that they're designed to last, um, no matter what brand it is, um, for up to 10 to 12 hours, so it says, if you Google them. <laughs> so um, personally, if they hadn't done a poo um, at their 11 o'clock feed or whatever feed it was, I certainly didn't change them because when you're changing them, whether it's in dim light or bright light, you're stimulating them. And then it's harder for them to settle and go back to sleep. So um, poo, obviously, yes, you have to. But I mean, if the nappy isn't leaking and it doesn't feel excessively full, personally, I always left mine and they got into a sleeping routine much quicker. That actually just brings me to something else that um, that used to really get to me was those nighttime feeds, mm. you know. Um, I breastfed Nina and she breastfed literally round the clock. Mm. She was a hungry baby. Mm. So do you have any advice, whether a baby is bottle fed or breastfed, to our two mums who are listening, new mums in particular? Yeah. Just surviving those first few weeks, those sleepless nights when you're, that, you know, feeding a very, very hungry baby. Yeah. So I suppose... Um, It's very hard to get a newborn into routine before they're three months, in my opinion. I feel by the 10-week mark, yeah, then you can kind of get them into a little structure. But they're trying to grow, so I know it's really hard. But if they're hungry, they're hungry. And then as they get that bit older, you can start getting their little bedtime routine sorted. So once they go up, and they are so clever so quickly, by eight weeks, they they can get to know what's what. Um, And so to go up those stairs, and you're in that frame of mind, and they're in their frame of mind that this is bedtime now. And they have their last feet upstairs um, that they know of, which is the kind of around the seven, seven or eight o'clock mark. And then it's story time. And it doesn't matter if they're six weeks, they can still hear you. They can still hear this, you know, you talking about animals or pictures or colors or whatever it is. And the key about it is to let them go to bed before they fall fast asleep in your arms. And of course, you want to cuddle your newborn. It's they need it and it's totally normal but if you can put your newborn down when they are drowsy and half asleep they will learn to settle on their own and then if they wake in them in the middle of the night um i just find then after their feed 
They're not, always feed them in a dark room. Do not turn on the light. Do not go downstairs, turn on the lights downstairs because any chance of stimulation, they'll be thinking happy days, it's morning, I'm up. Mm-hmm. Um, so try and keep them in their own environment where they're sleeping, sleep and feed them in the dark. Pot them back down, a little pat on the belly, um, which reminds them of the heartbeat of when they were in inside the womb and, um, and they're half asleep and they'll settle off. And believe me, if you keep that going, it'll be a lot easier. I learned very hard. On my first, I didn't. I used to let fall asleep in my arms the mm-hmm. whole time. Um, and then with experience, by the third, she used to be wide awake going down to yeah. sleep. And she'd settle off. And to this day, she's a great sleeper. They're put back into their, their little cot and they settle off. Whether your baby produces a polite little burp or an erupting belch, Getting all that trapped wind up is important. Burping releases air trapped in your baby's tummy, which in turn makes her more comfortable. Burping your baby during a feed will ensure that she's got more space in her little tummy to feed longer. Some babies need very little assistance to release wind, while others might need a little bit more help. Winding, the burping, the spit up. You know, I just used to find that I would her little body you could also you could actually hear the air and the bubbles mm. and the milk all you know squelching around and I felt look I can't put her down to sleep she's going to wake up and mm. she's going to have wind pains how do you wind a sleepy baby the exact same way as you did during the daytime okay. so but keep them in their bed clothes so mm. if you have swaddled your baby keep them in that swaddle for when you're sleeping them uh, or sorry, feeding them in the middle yeah. of the night. If they're in the grow bag, keep in the grow bag. Don't change anything. Just let them think, yeah, and eventually they'll. it'll be a dream feed for yeah, them. Yeah. Um, and burp them the exact same way. And mm-hmm. yes, a reflux baby is a totally different case to mm-hmm. a baby that is able to get up their wind mm-hmm. in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. But um, with gravity, that's how wind comes up. So there is a great technique that I like um, and... Um, you lie them on their back, basically, across your knees um, and totally have their head scooped in your hand. Um, and their head is lower than your thigh and hold them in that position for about 15, 30 seconds. And then if you sit them upright or up over, which I prefer, over your shoulder and you press their bellies in against your body, with gravity, that wind moves up and a burp. So, and the other thing is that don't be afraid to give them 20 mils or an ounce um especially the newborns, before you win them. Because if you're only giving them five or ten mils, they're going to get frustrated, they're going to start crying, they're going to bring in more wind, um, and they're going to end up being really hungry and full of wind, and then they won't be able to feed. So always give them at least 15, 20 mils, I find anyway. Um, Now, bearing in mind, mine were nine pounders. But, you know, obviously you're not going to do that for a prem, but, you know, for your baby that you've taken home, which Mm -hmm. is your, you know, average birth weight, um, 15 to 20 mils an ounce just to get them used to a feed okay. and wind so obviously if someone is breastfeeding who's, who's listening to this yeah that would just be another feed maybe which so. yeah no it is so important whether they're breastfed or bottle fed they still gain wind so they still have to get their wind up and generally wind um if they've got two or three decent burps up 
Now, I'm not talking about a reflux baby because that can be a totally different scenario. Always have something on your shoulder, a muslin square or a towel. Um, and always have that as well if um, a visitor is offering to feed your baby when they come and visit. Because you don't know what germs harbour on a person's shoulder or where they've been all day. You know, they could have been shopping centre. They could have been, you know, wherever in the garage. So, you know, germs lie on shoulders as well as everywhere else. And in hair. So I always say make sure to have something on your shoulder. Um, So when you're winding your baby, um, their little faces are pressed up against that. So you're protecting them against any bacteria that might be on your shoulder from your day out. Um, And as well, you're not going to end up with puke going down your back if, you know, a big burp comes up, if it's well covered. I would never, ever have thought about people's shoulders and hair ever before. (laughs) So... That's something else to think about now. When you're bringing your baby home, you can never really be too clean, can you? But good hygiene, it's not just about being stringently clean. It's more to do with preventing the spread of germs. Is it absolutely necessary to keep bleaching and... Personally, I didn't. I mean, you know, your baby has to build up an immune system um, some way as well. Um, But as I said, washing your hands... There's two things when it comes to a baby and it's washing your hands and keeping them safe and the other thing, well, there's three actually, and making sure that they get their wind up so they keep their food down. Okay. Um, And once you have clean hands, clean hands save lives. And that's the message that any healthcare professional will tell you. It's really easy to access hand washing technique on the HSE website. Um, You click in and it actually does a YouTube video of it as well as the actual picture of how to do it. Okay. They say that, um, and I always tell mine, and the boys are brutal, but she's actually a bit better. If you sing happy birthday twice, so about 15 to 20 seconds, that's as long as you're meant to wash your hands for it to make sure that every bulk has gone off those hands. You sing happy birthday twice? Wow, yeah. well, that's, that's a really what good tip. Well, that's what I've been trying to teach mine, and the boys obviously are telling me, uh, yeah, right. But, um, but places where we don't realise that the germs like to harbour are the bottom of our thumbs, I'm on the outside, in the centre of the palm of our hands um, and interlinking your fingers when you're washing. Um, And I know it might sound a bit, you know, healthcare professional, but that's, to be honest, that's if you wash your hands and put it under those lights to see where your germs are, where the bacteria is left, that always seems to appear. And then obviously use a clean towel to dry your hands after. Yeah, or paper towel. towel. Yeah. Okay. So... Okay, if if your hands are clean, it's very important, obviously, to keep your baby clean as mm. well. Um, I have to confess that I left the vernix on my baby's skin for a week because I was freaking out about <laughs> bathing her. I was too scared to put her in the bath. <laughs> and I kept telling myself, oh, it's good for her skin, that vernix. <laughs> and eventually, I think my mother said, Emma, we need to top and tailor. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I cleaned her bum because you have to. Yeah. But um, yeah, that for me, it was hugely nerve wracking. So what? how do you clean a newborn? Yeah. So, I mean, before you leave the maternity hospital, the midwives are so busy, but they can um, show you your first baby bath. OK, um, it, they, it can be really frightening because they get so slippy in water. But, I mean, there's certain products that you can buy to sit them in. Now, the one thing that I would suggest, and it's as cheap as chips, and you can get it any, anywhere, really, is this big baby sponge. 
And I always, always felt comfortable letting my husband do the bath when, once I knew the baby was on the sponge because then I knew the baby couldn't slip and bang their head. Um, and basically, it's, it's in the mould of a baby. Um, and it's just really secure for everybody. You've got two hands free. And I think that's key because the way they, you know, show me in the maternity hospital how to bath one of mine, I was thinking, how am I going to do that? To put the baby's body kind of nearly behind my back and the head up the top and you're holding and you're washing the hair. So it was the best purchase I ever bought. I think it's a whopping five euros. And any kind of... um baby shower I go to this is what I put I bring and so it's a mold sponge of a baby's body you lie the baby you wet it first obviously when you put your water into the bath that's another thing um I was always petrified of having the bath water too hot or too cold me too so old-fashioned way I just you if you put your elbow into the water and if the water is nice and warm then that's sufficient for your baby okay um and you soak that sponge um, so there's a little pool in the middle of the sponge mm-hmm. and lie your baby on it mm-hmm. and you, you're you're instant conf- confident of doing your baby wash because they can't move off that sponge okay and for the topping and tailing then what's best to use cotton wool or a sponge or a face cloth just a baby sponge nothing okay. fancy you don't need any products in the water for the first few weeks um you know and we I think we get into the habit of nearly washing the babies every day. You don't need to do that. Uh, three times a week is plenty for a newborn. They don't get dirty. Their bums are the ones that get dirty and that's what you're cleaning how many times a day. Mm. Um, and their little hair, you can wash the hair. There's certain products out there. It's totally up to yourself which one you want to choose. But a non-fragrance one um, is the best really for newborn skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay away from nut um, products and oils because if your baby has a nut allergy and you're not aware um, they can have a reaction um, so they used to recommend coconut oil and that for the scalp for cradle cap but I wouldn't suggest it just okay. to keep away from the nuts yeah okay that's really good advice and for topping and tailing um, like what where do you start do you start with the head do you start with the foot like what's the best yeah, way just to do start it in the middle so you're squeezing the sponge onto the baby's center uh, of their abdomen or mm-hmm. their tummies I should mm-hmm. say so they're kind of getting used to the water because they've no, they're not going to have ever experienced this either yeah. so you know if you squeeze the water and just gently rub them I mean they're not filthy so you don't need to vigorously rub the sponge course, yeah. but just a little baby sponge that you pick up anywhere is totally fine and then in their little hands um, and then on the base of their feet and in their creases so what I mean by that is the crease in the ankle and um, the creases behind the knees the, the creases um, on their arm between their arm and their elbow mm-hmm. anywhere where they can sweat and build up a bit of um, skin that could cause a bit of irritation so in you know like a little plump baby in those creases say in the arm and mm. stuff um it's I, I used to find it quite hard to make sure that the whole body was dry because then they'd almost like when you go to look at your baby then later on in the day you'd see a little bit of a rash forming yeah you know so how do you prevent that so just pat dry them when they get out of the bath mm-hmm. and then just gently with the towel do rub the the creases um yeah. properly so they're fully dry okay um so if they're fully dry that's this last chance of them sweating but not sweating but a build up of sweat I should say yeah. um and their hair always just protect their li- little eyes. So um, just have one hand across their forehead and just squeeze the sponge on their head um, and just use your hand. You don't need anything flashy. Okay. 
you know, the gunky stuff that comes out of a baby's eyes sometimes. Mm. Like it might not be conjunctivitis, but like yeah. it's the stuff that we all have in the mornings. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to clean that from a baby's eyes without irritating them? Yeah. So just get your cool boiled water in a bowl and get your either your makeup round circular cotton um, pads mm-hmm. or just normal cotton wool. I just like the cotton pads because I feel that no little bits of fluff can be left in the eye. And you start from the corner of the eye and um, squeeze out the wa- excess water and start from the corner of the eye and one clean um, right in the corner down underneath the eye and dispose of that. Don't be tempted to go back over with the same one because if there is a slight infection and you're going back over with one cotton pad, you're actually making the infection worse. Mm-hmm. So get it, it's a good habit to get in to just go in the corner of the eye, down underneath and throw away. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it does persist, you need to go to the GP and get them checked mm-hmm. in case there is a little infection there. Yeah. Um, and just on that point, actually, when you're cleaning the umbilical cord just before it falls off, just make sure that when you're cleaning it with your, again, your cuboid water and your cotton wool, that you go in a clockwise fashion. So you start at the top, go around in a circle and throw that piece of cotton wool away and then start again. Okay. Um, just to keep it nice and clean. Okay. So for any pregnant first time mums that might be listening to this, just explain about the umbilical cord. I remember myself, um, kind of freaking out a bit because mm. it's this stumpy little black thing on your baby and you're thinking, please fall off soon. Yeah. But you, you know, the midwife said to me, do not touch it, just dab it with a little bit of water and cotton wool, which I did. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe just, I guess, reassuring people that it's normal. Yeah, totally you know? normal and looks awful and it's got a big clip on it and um it's it's very scary looking so one tip i will give with the nappies is that yes put on the nappy secure your nappy and then fold down the front part so it's underneath the stump because if not um the stump is kind of sitting there underneath the nappy where it's all enclosed yeah um and i just found when it's exposed to air it dries quicker yeah. so um it'll fall off hopefully quicker yeah that was definitely a concern of mine just oh god the nappy's touching the stump you know <laughs> but that that's a really good but um, just remember it's dead it's not yeah. it's not harm harmful to the baby yeah, yeah. it's dead so yeah. it's it's going to fall off it just okay. needs a little bit of time now one major thing that really got to me and i'm sure you experienced this as well even though you're a pediatric nurse was unsolicited advice from strangers Mm. and from members of your family and just like constant questions like how do you deal with that when you're just take it all with a pinch of salt um I remember after my first guy who's now 14 um I suppose the only person I really listened to was my mum I gave out to my sisters for not warning me how tired it was going to be to be honest and everyone had the attitude of well you're a pediatric nurse you know what to do I knew what to do with the sick baby I hadn't got a rash just what to do with a, a newborn um healthy baby that I was taken home and I was suddenly in the house on my own so everyone feels that way um and yeah you're going to have everyone giving their little piece of advice and just take it with the pinch of salt you're the one who's going to be minding your baby 24 7 initially and so you know you're the one that's getting to know them so if you know that before you put them down for their nap or their sleep post feed that they need about 15 20 minutes to get their wind up then you hold your baby up for 15 20 minutes 
other babies get their wind up and they're sorted and they don't want to be held and they want to be put back down. Mm -hmm. But you'll get to know them. It's new for everybody. It's new for you and it's new for your baby. Yeah. I always find that question though, is she good? Yeah. To be quite ridiculous because... How can a two-week-old baby be bad? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're kind of fishing to see, does she sleep? Yes. You know, is she feeding okay? It's a loaded question. Yeah. Um, But your public health nurse, and what I always say is um, to new mums as well, you know, write down any worry that you have or any query, because when the public health nurse comes to visit you, you're going to forget all of those things before she gets there because your brain is just fried. So write down any question um, that you have. And now we are so lucky with between Google and social media, we can Google nearly anything at this stage and get a YouTube video on it. There's almost too much information. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if it's something specific, Mm -hmm. um, but then you, and one thing I will always say to any parent, it doesn't matter if it's a baby, a toddler or a teenager, no question is too small or too stupid to ask about your child. How are you meant to know, um, you know, that vast amount of knowledge where we're all expected to know as parents? You know, it's not normal if you have all that information before you even have a baby. Yeah. Um, So, you know, don't ever feel that, oh God, that's kind of a stupid question to ask. It's not. Mm -hmm. So just ask. So, you know, it's 3 a.m., you're feeding your baby, you look down and you see a tiny little pink spot on their arm and you go, well, you go into a panic. Now a spot... Is different to a rash. Yes. So a rash is a rash mm-hmm. and a rash needs to be reviewed. Okay. Um, whether you feel it's an immediate rash that suddenly appeared um, and they have other signs of not being unwell, you don't hesitate. You just go and get your child seen. If it's 3 a.m. in the morning, ED departments are open 24-7. That's why they're open 24-7. So it's no harm in going to get your baby um, checked out. What I always say is go with your gut. So if you feel, no, they're not right, I'm not happy with them, put them in the car and go to the ED department. What's the worst they can say to you? No, your baby's absolutely fine. You can go home now. Mm -hmm. There's no harm in that, Mm -hmm. right? But for reassurance, you know, that's why they're there. Mm -hmm. Um, And whether it might be a milk, it could be just a little red hive that they've picked up or, but I mean... You know, on the Instagram, I would get loads of questions about spots and rashes. And I simply say, look, I'm really sorry. I can't comment on that. You need to go and get your child reviewed. Okay. Um, Because you can't take that risk on commenting on something that you feel could be really serious. Yeah. um, Or might be just... I don't know, just a spot that they picked up because you were in the garden and they had a reaction to a plant or something. But it's best to get it checked. Yeah, absolutely. As I say to you, a rash is a rash. Just go and get it reviewed. Okay. Well, Linda, look, thank you so much for coming in. Fantastic advice. I think all new parents and first-time parents will really appreciate all, all these tips. This episode of the Easy Parenting Podcast was brought to you by Relazima Spray and Go, Zinc and Panthenol, formulated for the delicate and sensitive skin of your baby's nappy area. Part of the Real Life Relazima range. My skin says how I feel. Visit reallife.ie for more. Thank you for listening to the Easy Parenting Podcast. Go to our social pages, Instagram and Facebook to find out more. Listen, download, rate, review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.